Thanks for joining me on my Chasing Rainbows with Mr. Lavender podcast. Chasing Rainbows can be described as the constant pursuit of things that are unrealistic or unlikely to happen. Now, the purpose of this podcast is to talk to a number of people in pursuit of the unrealistic or unlikely and find out what Chasing Rainbows means to them by talking about their past, present, their future, struggles, their stories, so we can hopefully figure out what makes them tick their thought process and ultimate drive and I guess information which we can hope to use in our lives, your lives, in the pursuit of our own unrealistic. I'm pleased, I'm extremely pleased actually to be joined today with founder and lead singer of um, powerhouse reggae band Power, Jay. Bro, thanks for coming along and um, dedicating your time bro, I know time's precious these days so I really appreciate you uh, coming on board, bro, and yeah, being part of the Chasing Rainbows with Mr. Lavender. No problem, bro. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, all good. So, as I mentioned earlier, I had a little chat to Jay earlier, and um, what what the whole premise of this Chasing Rainbows is to chat to successful people in, in different fields, and just, just to try and figure out uh, your thought process, bro, by, you know, chatting about your past, your presence, and, and your goals and stuff, just to figure out the similarities between all these stories. Uh, things that you got you got nephews and nieces bro i know them all so you know they might be able to listen to this and take some of this for themselves and their and their journeys as well eh, bro so that's that's the purpose behind this uh so thank you for your time bro um so we'll get started what um start right from the start bro how was life growing up where did you grow up and how was it bro did you have a busy household Uh, okay was i um i was born in auckland um 1975 and uh uh, basically grew up with my mum, my dad and my sister, just the four of us. I'm, I'm, I'm the oldest and um, yeah, always always around family. Mum's my, my got a big family, so always around family um, growing up. So um, yeah, it was always pretty busy with whanau, but uh, yeah, my immediate family is my mum, my dad, me and my sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And how, how long were you, where was the big move to Aussie, bro? Did you, were you at home for sort of all school, schooling and then you came over here? Yeah, well, basically, I uh, was in New Zealand until <clears throat> 89. Yep. So I moved over when I was 13, we moved over uh, with the whole family. Um, yeah, back my first year of high school, I uh, moved over here. So I think I went to like one month of high school. and Here here to the Gold Coast? Oh, sorry, to Brisbane. Oh, to Brisbane? To Brisbane, to Brisbane. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I moved to Brisbane, and um, but previous to that, spent my whole life um, in Auckland. What was the? So you're a young man, bro. You got, yeah. you got all your bros in Auckland. What, what, yeah. what was it like moving to a whole different country? It was hard. It was it was hard. Um, but for me, it was uh, exciting because at, at that at that point, from basically from when I was young, I was I, I wanted to be a rugby league player. Oh, so that was what do you was, want to be when you grow up, boy? Thing, rugby bro, league, like, yeah, 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 like the Winfield Cup was. My yeah, thing, yeah, Winfield know? Cup, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the Winfield Cup, bro. Yeah, yeah, bro. yeah. So, um, you know, from, from 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 when I was about ten years old, that's all I wanted to do. So, when mum and dad said they wanted to move to Australia, I was like, sweet, you know. Yeah. Oh, so you were all with it, bro? You, you, let's. I was with it. Move. It was yeah. hard to leave, you know, friends and and whanau especially, but. Oh man, all I could think of was, man, I'm going to play rugby league. So you saw rugby this league. as an opportunity to I did, yeah. pursue that pursue yeah. that dream. I did, I did, yeah. What What were your parents doing at the time? Look, seeking out work or? Uh, yeah. Well, see, my my parents are both musical as well. Oh, okay. See, so so when I was born, my father was in a funk band. He was a bass player. Yeah, yeah. Back when I was born, and he used to do the Auckland scene, whatever it was. Just at got the on time. the circuit there. Yeah, yeah, and um, as well as my uncles and. 
and all of them like my uncles go back to the the uh, Maori show band days bro. oh okay bro so music's been there all the time you know um so they were always doing music uh, as well as working um the plan was to get, get into music that was the plan that's what happened so you got the the family doing a bit of music yeah was that ever at that stage was that ever a thought for you like oh that's, this might be something like i want to pursue myself or was league was it league, nah, league not league? initially yeah initially it was just it was it was league it was i was very sporty when i was young and then my dad big rugby head so i'd always watch the all blacks and you know go to the auckland games and things like that this is up until i was about i think it was nine or ten when i saw my first league game an actual league game and it was australian australia new zealand um test at lang park and oh, bro, i'll never forget that day i saw that game I was like that's the game for me rugby league so um and then that's it all, all i could all i could think of was i want to I be play rugby league in the winfield cup one day and music was always there i always loved music but it wasn't something that i thought i would do you know it was so the olds didn't sort of push you into that direction not at all? really no not at all but it was always around me like i said yep. but they didn't push me towards anything um yeah like i said i was pretty focused on league pretty hardcore yeah so it was at this point i started wondering where did jay go from wanting to pursue this dream and playing rugby league to discovering that he's got a talent for music and that he could possibly turn it into something more and then follow a whole different path. I moved to a place called Wellington Point yeah. um, in Brisbane and man, there were no Kiwis around. Not that I knew of anyone, not, not at my school. So we're talking back in the sort of 80s? 89. 89? 89, so just, just, just before the 90s. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was quite tricky for the first, probably the first six months until I, until the league season started and then I, you know, got into the local rugby league team and then it was, it became a lot easier because, you know, get your league mates. Did you keep pursuing it, bro? Did how, what, what sort of level did you reach? Yeah, I made, I made a few, uh, like, rep teams, just the local rep teams. Um, but, um, see, what happened then was then I got interested in music. Yeah. From about, about that age? No, bro? from about, from about 15. Yeah, yeah. About yeah. 15. Um, that's when, yeah, I really started getting into music and that sort of took away my time from, from league. And I never lost interest in league, but I, I, as far as, um, no, no, actually, take that back. I, I started losing interest in league because music became something that I really wanted to do. So somewhere in there, you've actually got started, I've got a different passion, but I've got a yeah. different different idea, different well, feeling. Yeah, it's, it's tricky because I always had a, I, looking back, I always had a passion for, for music, yeah. but not, not so much uh, wanting to do it. Not a goal, not an aspiration to nah. achieve. That. Nah, no, 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 I didn't, I didn't. So, but looking back, I, I knew I had the passion. I guess once I uh, started realizing that um, I could, you know, I could sing a little bit, just, you know, yep. I was like, oh, I don't mind this. And then I just fell in love with music hard, yep. you know. What did the, the, the old sort of notice a bit of singing talent there, bro, and kind of think, where's where this coming from? I this? think so. Yeah. I think so, a little bit. Yeah, I, I was encouraged to sing a little bit. Obviously, you know, like we all did, bro, there was the uh, kapahaka groups back in the yeah. day. We had a family one. Oh, okay. When yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. eight or nine, so that was probably my initial uh, introduction to performing, yeah. you know. It was all family, like cousins, my, my grandmother and grandfather. Um, so, you know, the singing was always there. Um, and I just think uh, it, I started to take a liking to actually making it you know like okay. or, or singing along like, like i used to make up songs to myself all the time you know like what were you into back then what sort of music were you 
like when I started getting into yeah, music. Yeah, when you before. when you were like starting to perform it yourself, what were you listening yeah. to at this? At, well, at that the, time, it was when um, sort of new Jack Swing started happening. So it was like Bobby Brown and um, yeah, all the Teddy, all the Teddy Riley music. Um, that's really when I started to focus on it. Was when new, new Jack Swing started happening. So we're talking Bobby Brown, um, Guy, so many from that era. But that that kind of that era, like High Five and yeah. Troop and, and and groups like that. So that was when I started to, and that's when I also started meeting other people that were like-minded. See, when I first come to Australia, man, there was nothing R&B, there was nothing, but there was no black music yeah, yeah. on the TV, on the radio, there was nothing. So like, I come over and I was like, fuck, what's this? And I come from listening to, you know, New Edition and, and reggae, like I love reggae, you know, back in the day, and just hip-hop. Yeah. But I came here, there was nothing, nothing at all. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a bit of an eye-opener um, when I first come here to Australia with the music that there wasn't. It was just all rock music mainly, yeah, yeah and, and pop music. And because I, I think you know where this is leading, bro, you had a, a band earlier earlier on, a lot mm. earlier on. Mm. Um, we had a, I don't want to jump too far ahead, bro, and you, yeah. you, you, you jump back if you need to. There, there's yeah. probably a lot of things happening leading up to well, culture, yeah. wasn't it, bro? The old, culture, the old yes. culture, yeah, there's probably, I'm sure there was a few... You know, a few things. How did you meet the boys and all that? But um, lead me into that, bro. Lead, right. lead us into how, how did that how did that project come about? So you've you've got your interest in music now. Yeah. You're starting to get into it. Yeah. The way okay. So the way I got into into music was my old man used to um used to um program uh, his so didn't even have a screen, bro. All the time. She used to give me nightmares because the studio was next to my bedroom. <laughs> 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 so, oh. and um yeah yeah so the first time i ever sang like in front of people was at the capella bar pub i can't remember the exact name of it because that was the area we lived in i would have been 14 you just done a uh, kingston town from ub40 yeah and that's where that's where you got that that slice of heaven bro you got that bug yeah yeah definitely there was there was definitely where um where i thought that you know i'd like to i'd like to do this and then from there um, it just I just kept sort of every now and again getting up with the old, old man and the old lady and singing with them. Just doing cover cover yeah, music. Yeah, just, just 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 local circuit, the local circuit. Right, not even a, yeah, they were just doing like local pubs. Just wherever they could yeah. could get a gig. Yeah, I started teaching myself how to use that machine, yeah. that sequencer, and um, I always be like I, you know, I was I was quite creative, so um, that's when I first started writing my songs. I started writing songs. Um, just using the sequencer and um, I did, never really knew how to play but just you know taught myself how to play things bits and pieces and um, yeah that was basically where, where it started for me personally as to this this is what I want to do I, I like I want to make songs and I want to sing yeah, it looks like you're doing the circuit with the olds bro they're letting you on stage they've obviously discovered a little bit of a, a vocal talent there yeah. so they're letting you get up and have a little bit of a jam with them bro were they quite encouraging about it or were you pushing them to go I want to jump up and have a sing what, what it, it was, was the... it was only every now and again like because I wouldn't go with them very often uh, if they were playing like local because I'd mainly just hang out with my mates and but if they're playing local you know might go down or, or if they did like a special thing like a Waitangi day or yeah. You know, some, something, because I used to play a lot of the, the Māori get-togethers and that. Yeah. I'd go and, and have a sing. So for anyone out there listening that don't know who Culture was, they were a pretty big thing back in the day. They were massive. They were a huge band, R&B band, back in the days of the boys to men, you know, when um, boy band was the big thing. Well, they were massive on this side of the world, in this hemisphere. And then 
they ventured out to do some massive things worldwide. So I want to, you know, pick his brain a little bit about that little part of his life. So, so how that came about was, um, I, I believe, um, just just like I said, through uh, starting to teach myself how to how to use the thing and just make up songs on my own. And I'm talking primitive, bro, like primitive yeah. as. I think the first, one of the first ones I ever did was, um, you remember um, Soul to Soul, Keep On Moving? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we had, I had, had it on tape and um, had the double, double, double. The double tapes? Double tape to record thing. the one side and play yeah, the other yeah, yeah. side, yeah. So, and my, my old man had a mixer and um, a four track mixer thing. Well, I can't remember how many tracks, but I'd do one tape, you know, record an instrumental and then and then record my, my, my vocal on the, I mean, it was an ugly system, but for some somehow I figured it out, yeah. and so I recorded us um, this love song on over the instrumental of um, their soul to soul song. That's right. Yeah, that was one of my first days. It was this this ancient ancient uh, way of doing things. Yeah, bro. Tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tape. It was tape to tape to tape to tape, tape back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know. Um, but because my old man had the gear. Like had the microphone and everything, I was able to do it, um, and I think it was just uh, through through friends at school. And like I said, I started uh, more music started coming out. Like Bobby Brown started um, becoming popular, and Hammer and Vanilla Ice. So there was a bit more rap and R and B that was coming out on the charts and on TV. Yeah, yeah. Because we used to, I don't know how long you probably haven't been here long enough, bro. But there used to be a TV show called Rage. Yeah, I remember Rage. Remember Rage? Yeah, yeah, Rage. Might, might even still be on. I, I think know. Rage is still, yeah, Rage yeah. is still floating around. Yeah, I think Rage is still, still raging. Yeah, bro. raging, yeah, still <laughs> raging. And so that was, um, that was on every weekend. And so you know, I would just sit there and just record whenever cool stuff come on. You know, so that was my my big influence was just watching Rage and recording all the videos, and um, yeah, and then like and Belle Biv DeVoe. Yeah, all these sort of bands. It was a, quite a prominent um, groups, heaps of groups started coming started through happening. at that time, eh, bro? Yeah, yeah. And and like you said, getting onto the mainstream, the mainstream TV, mainstream yeah. radio. But see, here was different to New Zealand because New Zealand mainstream was different to here. Oh, okay. So like, you you might have stuff on your charts over there, over here we didn't have it. Don't even know. Yeah. No, we didn't so have they're it. They're still they're still ripping out the old cultures. Those number one. Yes. And, uh, Midnight Oils and yeah. all that. Yeah, I remember Johnny Diesel was the biggest thing. Which you know, I love, I love these all, oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. but at the time I was like, Psh, what's this rock yeah, stuff? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm into it. Um, so when it when it started coming, like when this um, black music started coming, it was like a, a massive for for me, you know. And um, so your big influence, Belba DeVoe and um, Ralph Tresvant, and I remember first hearing Sensitivity on um, um, B105. Oh, I nearly flipped out. I was like, yeah. oh, I can't <laughs> believe this is on radio. So um, yeah. Uh, and then I, I started I started a group with um just some boys at school, a couple yep. of mates at school. Up up in Brizzy. Up in Brizzy. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been in year year ten. Uh, yeah, year year ten. And just started um yeah, I just started leading leading them and making up routines and yep. and and singing. Obviously inspired by that same type of music, eh? Inspired by solely inspired. Yes. Yep. At that time, like totally. But I mean my later on I think my influences before that came out. You know what I mean? Like growing up, my influences came out in my my own music, yeah, yeah. but at that time it was just like was. copying what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Disease, you know? So you managed to um, get a hold of or or meet up with a couple of few like-minded sort of yeah musicians or guys that are like the same sort of music. A couple of guys at school who um, became very good friends of mine, and uh, 
yeah, we liked the same sort of music and there wasn't many of us at the time that liked that sort of music. And um, yeah, I, I think I, I, being as into it as I was and having dad's gear, you know, we used to go around and practice in the garage and do moves and, and, then, and then we ended up doing a show at, um, where did we do a show? I think it was for a Waitangi thing with, with my parents and uh, they just played a backing track and, and we played. Like we danced and sang. I can't remember what we did, can't remember what song it was. But um, from there, and other actually the other two guys, one was Greek and one was Maltese. Oh, and yeah. then me. <laughs> so yeah, so it was a weird mixture, you know. <laughs> like I said, there wasn't many um, Maoris around. You where take I was. what you can get, eh, bro? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they could hold a note, you know. And um, anyway, we did this Waitangi show. And uh, after the show, this guy come up to us and said, hey, man, do you just want to do... No, I take it back. We did this show. And then this older bloke came up to us afterwards and said, do you guys want to come and play at a, a, a Waitangi show? In the city, and we're like what? In the city? No, what? What do you mean? That's crazy. So, yeah, and, and he said, told us what it was, and this was a Waitangi show. That was a few weeks later, and then we went went into that, and um, that was when the first time when uh, I sort of saw that there was, there was actually this R and B scene in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Keeping in mind, I was still, you know, what was I, 16, 17, 16. But I, I started to see that there was an actual R&B scene in Brisbane because before that I didn't know. And um, yeah, that was my, my first introduction to there being more than just the little area that I was in, you know? Yeah, so there was a lot more like-minded people around but I didn't know about. All of a sudden, I saw that, oh, there's a lot more people into this sort of music and creative people around. So that was my first group, there was us three. Yep. Then we did this show, which like was in the city, which was... Um, with all these different people and we were we were young and I remember being on stage and there was like older people watching and going oh these guys are cute like kids cute yeah, 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 yeah. Like, hey. <laughs> what are you talking about we're teenagers man yeah. <laughs> but again that was another introduction to uh, sort of like a next step yep. into towards something yeah and then we did that show and it was an eye opener and then um, from, from there is when I started meeting other people um, within that scene I was and started going to clubs I was underage but yeah just started meeting people and um, and then met another bunch uh, another three guys two brothers and uh, two Māori, Māori, Māori brothers and a Fijian Indian boy and myself and we formed a group called Back to Basics and so that's when it really started happening yeah that group was when it started happening yeah yeah so you what the Back to Basics you performed for a little bit just get to the point where it wasn't going anywhere and you wanted to move on or so we were we were a group for a while and there was a few other groups going around see a lot of people don't know about this this r&b scene that was in brisbane at the time they didn't know about it but it was it was it was quite well it was big for us all the baddies all knew each other all the groups knew the other groups yeah started to we were still we were still the youngest of the bunch but um there were there were a few pockets of, of groups going around and there was this um like you know little R and B nightclub scene which most of us were underage or we were all going, you know, and um even the under 18s um clubs there was um uh, under 18s nights that they used to have, everyone used to go to all the different under 18s clubs and dance do their dance moves you know, and so everyone sort of got to know each other, um, and 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 through that yes yeah, through doing the odd show here and there um, I met. Uh, 
up with another group who were like the big group at the time who were um you know no like probably the best known amongst all the groups and two of them basically there was a merger of of two groups but they uh, didn't want those two bros but yeah. they wanted sort yeah. of like you and the other bro type of thing yeah it was kind of like that yeah i remember being at it we did it we were we my group back to basics entered in a dance competition i remember it was at a place called transformers in brisbane and the whole the heaps of the the scene was there and i didn't know many people in the scene because I was, I was still t- i was still quite young i shouldn't even have been there the alarm went off what do you call it and the everyone got evacuated yeah, yeah, yeah. from the club during this dance competition it was the finals and so everyone got rushed outside and so we're standing outside and then these i could hear these, these guys start singing i was like oh who's that and so we moved over and there was a big crowd around and there was um this other group and they were just singing a cappella in their suits outside they were just there to see the show they weren't they weren't in the show and we're like oh wow and i, I recognized one of them because he had been on a there was a radio show here in brisbane called blackbeat which was on fortune Bazaar. Fortune Bazaar is like the main community radio station in Brisbane. And so every Sunday night there was a show called Blackbeat. Yeah, that's another way that I, I started to realise there was a scene because of this radio station. Radio show. Anyway, this one particular guy that was in that group, he was um he had been on that radio station a few times with his own songs. And I was like, Wow man, is this guy in Brisbane? I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe he was in Brisbane and he was playing his own music. I was like, Wow. So he was singing outside this club that night so you've come out fire alarm and you spotted this yeah they're all dressed to the t's bro and you're like yeah. bro got their little smooth fades yeah, on bro. and stuff over eh, yeah. back in those days yeah, yeah. and then someone <laughs> said that's um so and so and i was like wow that's him and then i was like wow and then that happened we didn't win the competition but it was me and then um yeah we we, we eventually just I don't, i'm not I, I can't remember how bro but we, we we merged so two of that group myself and another guy we formed uh, another group so it went from group to group to group yeah, and yeah. then we formed another group and um and then uh we we, we did a couple of shows we're getting closer to the culture now it's all good bro <laughs> now this is all part of your story yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and then we we did a few shows together just just these you know random shows and um just in brisbane and um one of the boys went to sydney and I was, all, I was still at school at this time too. I was the youngest, always the youngest. He went to Sydney for a holiday. And the story as I know what it is, uh, he was singing at a nightclub. A, a guy was walking past downstairs and heard heard the this song and went upstairs to find out who the song was and then saw that it was a guy singing it. And then he went up to him and spoke to, spoke to his name's Joe. He went up to him and spoke to him um, and said, I'm starting a record label a record comp a record label a studio and a publishing company let's talk and joe had a few to drink you know so he's like ah, whatever, whatever whatever next thing you know he um joe has signed to this guy's label oh, yeah yeah i got him through the beers eh? keep yeah. drinking son keep drinking son joe signed to this guy's label and then we hear from joe and joe said man i'm signed to this label i'm signed to a pub publishing and and I got the, all his money, <laughs> and we're like, "Oh shit, what?" Because he came back to, and then he came back to Brisbane, and he's like, "Man, I wanna, I wanna take you guys as well." Like, I told him we got a group, and um, because he he signed him as just him as a songwriter, and um, we're like, "Okay, what do we do?" 
So then um, one of the boys couldn't come. So it was just me and uh, another another guy, Richie. We went down to Sydney about a few months, a few weeks later, met him. And his name was Matt O'Connor. And he had just, this was his um, studio called Mo Brown Productions in Ultimo. And um, that was basically, oh yeah, the first, uh, okay. Oh, real bro, you bring me with me. Yeah, all good, bro. That's what it's about, bro. <laughs> so while, while Joe had been in Sydney uh, and we knew that uh, one of the other boys couldn't come down, he met another guy um, at the club, at a club, and he was a singer as well. So they started talking and, you know, just talking, talking, talking. This is what is the possibility. So he said, yes, I'm, in, uh, I'm keen to meet the other boys. So they um, got us on the bus and we went down. Which was like such an eye-opener, bro, like going to Sydney. It was my second time ever in Sydney. First time was when I was like 12. But like going down by myself or with Richie for the first time, going over that bridge and seeing the city, I was like, whoa, you know, straight out. I'm still Big at high smoke, school. Yeah. Big smoke, yeah. <laughs> Big smoke. And um, yeah, so the first day we got there, um, we went and met the other, the other member who Joe had been talking to. His name's Eric. We went down to Darling Harbour Basketball Courts. Yeah, the, yeah. Eric finished work at 11, so we hung around, and then Eric um, came after work, and we sat down on the, on the basketball courts, met him, and then we just started singing together. And we wrote a song on the spot, and it was called Forever Girl. And um, as soon as we sang together, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's, let's do something here. And we still hadn't been to the studio yet, but it was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. And um, that was the beginnings of Culture as Culture was that night at um, Darling Harbour Basketball Court. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, I remember there was these ladies walking past and they came and sat and they were watching us. And um, they two, uh, one of them started crying. And we were like, oh, what's wrong with this lady? <laughs> and she was like, oh, it's just so beautiful. You know, your harmonies are so beautiful. And we just looked at each other like, okay. <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> could be onto something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Let's do it. Um, and then next day we went and met Matt, Matt O'Connor at Mo Brown Productions and the rest is sort of, um, we didn't sign yet, but we just met him and yeah, that's where it started. What was your thought process at the time, bro? Like, were you expecting this to happen when you went down to Sydney? Oh, yeah. what, did it all just stumble along and fall into place? Didn't know, didn't really have any expectations at the time. You know, it was, like I said, um, we were just we were just jamming in the garage, you know, just playing our back and chest, finding what instrumentals we could find that we could sing to. Never really thought of. Oh, we'd, <coughs> Joe had been doing a bit of recording in a, with a couple of different producers, who would. But when you think now, it was like quite primitive, you know. But nevertheless, they were making music. So I had had like one session with them, which was really exciting in the studio and everything. But going down to Sydney, didn't know what to expect, except that. You know, the bro came back with money. <laughs> you know, like, okay, let's follow is, him back to yeah, Sydney. Yeah. We got to go down. Yeah. It wasn't until we walked into the studio for myself, anyway, that I thought, wow, because this guy, you know, it was like a hundred thousand dollar studio, you know, in the middle of in the middle of Sydney. Um, so that was when it sort of hit me that, you know, this this could be something something really cool, like something really happening. Uh, and at the time too, uh, Boys in Black, he was working with Boys in Black. So they were the first ones that he had. So Matt was like, Mo Brown was kind of like, he he kind of was like starting. A talent scout almost? Well, no, it's kind of like a, like a, kind of. He's definitely a talent scout, but he was like starting like a, like a bad boy before bad boy. Oh, like yeah, a, yeah. 
you know, like sort of like um, wants a, a lot of groups associated under his under umbrella. his label, under, under his, his umbrella. Label. Yes, yeah. yes. So there's a few different groups that um, eventuated, but first was Boys in Black, and then there was us that he was looking at as well. And Boys in Black was signed to a label called Westside Records at the time. So it was it was the real deal. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like we we're going down there like this is nothing. But it wasn't until I walked in that studio and I saw the studio, I was like, whoa. Yeah. And then um, where'd the name come from, bro? Culture. Culture. Yeah. Who who come up with it? Was it a joint effort or did? Nah, bro, it came about by accident. Um, so we did our first show and we didn't have a name, and uh, we had all these names being thrown around. And we did our first show at this club, and uh, we were wearing this label. There's a label called Culture, a clothing label that started in Brisbane. Yep. And um, I don't know how, but we ended up with with some of their clothes. Like, I'm not sure how, and we wore them at that first show, and because we had a culture across there people thought that was our name people that were at the show and we didn't like it like we're like nah what's that we don't want culture it's like nah, no we don't have to keep it but we just you know just just wear the clothes and we'll just go for now on the next show we'll have our proper name the same club wanted us back there about um, about three weeks later and they advertised culture like they put it on their flyer and we're like but we don't want to be culture like, it's too late now <laughs> yeah already gone it's in print bro yeah so it stuck. Yeah. yeah, it was totally by chance. When when did the whole were you signed to what Universal? Warner. What are oh, you signed to Warner? Warner. Yeah. How how was that whole period of it, bro? Was it did you even care what you were signing? Did you have management to look over contracts, or you just yep. like the boys that just sign it and get it done? Well, between the time from the day I told you about when we first walked in the studio to the day that we signed our label, we'd already we'd already gone through trauma, bro, with management and all of that sort of thing like we'd already gone through stuff before we even got to that stage you know um so yes we had management so i i signed i signed a, a production deal i signed i signed to mo brown productions anyway what happened was i was still at school and i went to one day of year 12 and i looked around and i was like man what am i doing now? i don't want to be here because when i went to sydney was the um holidays of my year 11 year yeah and you know, back in towards into year 12, year 12 year. and I went to one day of year 12 and I looked around the class one class and I was like no, I don't want to be here so I walked out and then um, told my old man I'm moving to Sydney and then um, he bought me a ticket a bus ticket to Sydney and me and Richie because Richie was up here we moved down to Sydney and Joe had got a unit in Ultimo this dump of a place bro <laughs> it was a dump man it was one of those terrace houses and um we all moved in there. Yeah, the four of us moved in there. Or three of us. And um, it was only a 10-minute walk from the studio. And that's what we did. was just go to the studio when when it was free, you know, when no one was in there. Because uh, he was working with other acts and that. And that's when we started working on our music. And we'd go home. And on the weekend, well, none of us were working. None of us had money. We were all broke. And um, But that's what we did. We just, we just went to the studio when we could, did what we could. Went home. Went to the studio. That was it for. Did you at this stage? Were you thinking, I need to make this happen. This is what I want to do. Was that was that your thought process, or was yeah. it more still just like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, Let's well, see how long it lets how long it goes for. It was cool because uh, keeping in mind, I was still straight out of school. Yeah. So I didn't know any different. Like I hadn't, I haven't even had a job yet. Yeah. So, you know, going without was fine because I didn't know any different. You know, I mean, we, we got hungry. Um. And the boys were all on the dole. And that so um 
it was it was tough. It was tough, and I, I and my eyes were opened quite quite early to a lot of things. You know, like you can imagine, there's there's three young. Like I was the youngest, and then I think the oldest was 24, and there's lots of people around and in and out, and, and like my room was in the front lounge room, which I made in my bedroom, and it was just constantly people in and out, in and out. You know, people I don't know, and right in the middle of Sydney, so it was pretty hectic. Um, but I was just sort of determined that I, I you know. I love doing this and like there were quite a few times where I thought oh, I can just go home I don't have to be here you know I don't have to be um starving yeah you know but so you had moments there where you're like is this even all worth it yep. sort of thing definitely had those, had those definitely yeah. yeah and missed home and missed my friends back home you know but uh one thing I, I would say I was always proud of in the years looking back is that we we were all pretty focused like we had our moments but we all sort of had this focus of this is what we want to do and um, yeah, so that's what we did. We just kept kept at it, kept at it. For, for, within that year's space of time, we're just doing the odd show and rehearsing, and da da da. We we signed um we signed it with Warner Music, and that was through Mo Brown, through Matthew O'Connor, who who negotiated that deal, and uh, yeah. it was yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was, it was like a five album deal yeah, yeah. for like these unknowns, so it was like pretty unheard of at the time. So now Jay's just told us how he's navigated himself into the music scene, pretty heavily actually, signed, five album deal. I want to figure out what happens next. So with the first album, the first album was pretty much like, what, 70% done before we signed. Oh, okay. As far as written, and like I said, it was just going down to the studio when, when the studio was free, whenever we, you know, we could get in there mm. and just work on stuff with, with Matt. And that was how our writing process. Um, the first album was mainly Joe. Joe did a lot of the production. Joe did a lot of the writing with Matt, and then we'd come in and do some writing as well. That was my um, my schooling, I guess. Yeah. Not that I took it in like I should have, because I was still like just buzzing out on everything. Still, yeah. I didn't really, you know, take note of what was going on as far as learning how to use the equipment and all of that. I was just buzzed out to be there, you know. But slowly but surely, I, I learned things as I went along. So that was really my schooling and as far as the studio and stuff and um but the writing process was, was yeah just usually just together and just jamming yeah yeah just taking each other's ideas and like we're able to say that's dumb bro we, we're tight enough to say that's a silly hook let's try another hook was, was it like that or yeah it was always just going with the first thing that come along and bro that's cool let's just develop that sort of just sort of went with with whatever worked and we sort of never really argued about it like we're all pretty cool um um, like I said at that time Joe was really leading things at the time um, so uh, a lot of the songs he, he I'd say out of the 12 songs you know 8 or 9 of them he had already pre-written and you know sussed and then we might write a verse here or, or a verse there so but as far as work, working on stuff together it was it was really always pretty cool um, we never really fought that much when it came to the creative process which I think we're blessed in that way. Like no one was too arrogant or too, you know, too much of an ego to not think, oh, well, that's not my idea, but that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It works, yeah. you know, or if the majority rules. So I can't remember any real issues. Yeah. So you sort of been young and signed to start hitting some pretty big heights, hey? In all, like, in all honesty, oh, bro. you started to get... Everything getting, changed. Like, yeah, what was it like, bro? You're still young. Yeah. You ain't going to school no more. No. Just, you know, your school age people are still. What, yeah. what, what happened then? What was the, what was going on, bro? Um, 
everything changed. My whole life changed, like, bang, like that. Um, so we signed, um, but but the day we the day we signed, we actually had been booked into a tour as well with um, a group called E Seventeen. I don't yeah, know if you yeah, remember E Seventeen. E Seventeen, yeah. So there was E Seventeen, Peter Andre, and um, and us. I think it might have been someone else, but E Seventeen was the headliner. Peter Andre was like a co-headliner, and we got on the tour. So that wasn't it had nothing to do with us. That was in the backgrounds. You know, another blessing we had was we had a lot of like things happened for us. They just unfolded. That um, you know, it was our talent, obviously. But as far as doors opening and all of that, a lot of that happened through the blessings of the fact that we met with the right people. You know. So we did a, we we were booked on a tour with E17 around Australia, E17 and Peter Andre. So we hadn't released anything yet, and we're playing in um, Entertainment Centre. You know, we're playing in. Uh, we went to Newcastle. We went to Perth. Everywhere. Melbourne, Sydney, um, and you're rubbing, you're rubbing shoulders with the top of the top. Yeah. Oh, E17 were like the hottest thing yeah, at that yeah, time. Yeah. 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 So, um, people were seeing us, like people, all the, like these, the audiences were seeing us, like, and they didn't even know who we were, but people, uh, people were saying, well, who are these guys? You know? So already people started to talk about wondering who the heck we were. Um, and our album was still, we still haven't finished the album yet, but when we finished that tour like that tour was huge like I said because it just it opened people's eyes to us who would never have known who we were so by the time our first single came out a lot of people already knew who we were because the buzz had been built you know and then, and then you've got the record company power behind you it was an eye opener but life changed yeah like I said first day we signed I'm flying we're off we're gone you know we, like I said we went around Australia and then we come back and then once we released our first single then it was just it was a way it was a, we were just away, gone, flying everywhere. And what, what did the shows you would have chatted, chatted to the family? Well, what did the what did the parents think? That would have been, you know, I'm sure they would have been curious to know what how's it because at some stage you would imagine maybe that was their their dream as well, bro. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. To be honest, um, oh, you know, they were very proud of what we were doing, um, but it was that full on. I don't really remember because it was just go, just a whirlwind. It was a whirlwind. It was just like this roller coaster, bro, but it just went straight up, yeah. you know? And it's just, um, you know, we're, like I said, we're flying here, flying there. All of a sudden, we're on radio, we're on TV. We're all over the place. So you, you obviously released your album. You yeah. dropped, what was the single? Do you remember what the, the first, first single? single we dropped was called Shaka Jam. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so we did the, we had done the video for that in the previous year as well. See, so Warner actually got quite a, a, a ready-made act by the time they signed us and they knew that yeah. so by the time we come we didn't see we didn't need any coaching we didn't need any anything they, they just signed us and then we went yeah. boom here you go because yeah. we're ready you know um, so we did our first video um, about six months to a year before that and actually the guy who directed that was um, Paulie from um, Fat Pizza oh yeah Paul yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so he was the starting out he's He's doing all right from South yeah, to Oh, he directed your He did our first video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah bro. He's in it too. He's in it. If you look at it, he's in it. He's boxing in the background. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we released our first single and um, and that's when the, the promo machine started. And that's when, yeah, that's when it really started. That's when we really started traveling and just going everywhere. Like touring off the back of yourselves now? 
doing your for, own? for touring but mainly prom- promotions yeah. see, oh, that, okay. that's record company getting into radio money. stations and interviews radio and, and they, they fly you around they, you do your in-store appearances so you go to different like we might go to three shopping centres a day you know in a particular city and you, you do a little show and then you do a signing and it's just a machine bro. Boom, 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 boom. it's different now I don't know if they still do it like that now because it's not about selling records anymore you know so yeah it was um, full on yeah, it was full on. And how long? How long did that last, bro? How long did that little period of full onness last before you sort of saw it kind of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's somewhere it's gonna hit down. Yes, right? definitely. Um, so all of so all of '94, '95, and then we sort of had a break, and then um, we started working on the second album, and then the second album didn't come until '97, I believe. So by the second album. We'd sort of already, you know, we'd already sort of, it was like, it had been so full on, like, by the second album, we just needed a break. So we took a long ass break. And uh, we really didn't do much. And Warner's were okay with that? They were like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, as long as we we had something coming. I remember that, you know, we had a sort of deadline for uh, an initial release date, which we weren't ready for. But, um, it's all kind of a blur because yeah it's amazing you know from 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 the first period to the second period was so different because by the second time we already knew what it was all about we'd already gone through the whole you know that roller coaster just going vroom. so by the second time we were you know like i said we were tired and um it wasn't quite the same already that's how full-on it was like already and we probably took too long to do the second album okay. yeah but um, it was an amazing time. Like the, you know, we we toured with some amazing acts, and and the timing was right for us too because we, when some of the when the big acts came, so, um, who was first Salt and Pepper were peaking at the time. With let's talk about Sex and they were so they came. They toured. We toured with them, like entertainment centers, and then Boys to Men came a few months later. We toured with them. A few months later, Janet Jackson came, so we toured with Janet Jackson. Supported her around Australia as well. Um, so we had done these major, major tours, you know, and there was no one else on them but us. So everyone knew who we were was at it, that time. Was it stunting your own development as a, like not being able to be in the studio and writing, bro? Or did you not look at it like that? Oh, obviously you're on tour, bro. You're, oh, he's getting, you're not getting time to sit in the studio and be nah, creative, eh, bro? Nah, But I didn't care. Yeah, you, I was having fun, man. I, I don't recall ever really thinking about it at the, at the time. Yeah. It was just too full on. Go, 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 go. Just so going I, with it. After all those massive tours... I suppose it's going to come back to you fellas eh? but like we need you to make some music now is that what yeah. it sort of come down to yeah like he's done this now let's get you in there yeah. is, is that what the next sort of step was yeah well if you it's got to keep rolling you know yeah Um, but you can imagine after all these highs and highs and like in that time too we went to Asia you know we toured Asia we went a few times but the first time we went for like eight weeks we went to nine countries boom 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 you know and so when we when we come back from that, and then when when everything's sort of like okay, we've got to take time and chill now, and then work on a second album. Um, then we, like I said, we took we took time, probably too long, um, just enjoying, not doing anything for a while. Yeah. And then by the time we got back into the studio, uh, the vibe was different. Um, Between yourselves, you mean? Ourselves, ourselves, yeah. Because you know when you're in the pockets of someone for so long, mm. after a while. Um, you can get on, get on each other's nerves, yep. you know. Uh, but the, the time apart was good. But I also think that with that time apart, um, 
maybe individually, uh, you know, we changed a little as well. The second, the second album process was a little different, um, but was good. It was definitely good for me because I got a lot more involved in the production side of things and, and the writing side of things. And um, but it was still, yeah, it was still fun, just just different because, like I said, we've been there and you know, sort of knew how the process worked. Now, yeah, yeah. What um, what did you take from that time, bro? What, what, what did you learn anything? From the initial... Yeah, just from that whole experience from oh, moving that first time you went crossing that Sydney Harbour Bridge boat to yeah. touring with Janet Jackson. Did you really get a chance to learn anything? I know looking back, you probably go, ah, oh, that's right, but... Well, you're learning as you go, but you don't realise that you're learning things, you know? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of eye-openers, you know, as you can imagine. Uh, not everything was, like, fun. Uh, most of it was, but, you know, you see some pretty ugly things in the industry as well yeah. that... Um, probably someone at, at that age probably wouldn't see um but you know all in all like yeah I, you're right when you it's not till you think back that you think oh well you know i took a lot out, out of that experience but it was so full-on at the time like i can't it's really hard to explain um how full-on it was unless you actually you see it i was actually looking through a, a, about six months ago i found an old um schedule of mine and it was a promotional tour that we had and like every day was just like packed, jam packed every single day. And like now at my age, now I'm like, man, I couldn't do that, man. <laughs> you know, so many shows. Give and, me one love, and then I'm out. The yeah, right. <laughs> I'm done. Give me another. Give me a week's break. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, definitely learned. I mean, work ethic was one thing that, uh, as I said, I think we were blessed with the fact that we all kind of had it. If you imagine like four young guys. Um. You know, we could have been, man, you know, partying real, real hard. But we always had the focus. Like, when we went to Asia that first time, we said to ourselves, before we left, and this is the truth, we all said we're not going to drink because we know we're going to be too busy, we're going to be, you know, working too hard, and we want to make this work. So for nine weeks, not one of us touched a drop of alcohol. And it's around us every day, you know, amongst other things. But we said, no. Nah. So I was really like proud of the fact that, you know, young fellas are able to do that. You know, I was 19, the oldest was 25. So we had, we had a great work ethic and, um, and, uh, but just, but, but enjoyed ourselves at the same time. It's interesting to know, bro, yeah. that you don't really need to, eh? It's, no. it's not a requirement. Uh, I was a young fella, bro. I was chasing that dream as well. I yeah. was chasing that rainbow myself, bro. And, but my thought process was a little bit different. I was like doing it so we could, sort of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm just thinking about the two different directions that could have been taken yep, yep. your focus was I want to sort of get to here don't have to do this my focus yeah. was let's do this so we can so we can yeah, bro. yeah. yeah it's, it's real interesting it's real interesting um, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to touch on power bro I hope you don't mind because yeah, yeah, it's one of my faves at the moment but um, what what have you taken from that into the into this new like into power bro have you learnt did you take anything from that into this new sort of oh musical journey bro a lot of i mean a lot of it most uh, of it most of it of course <clears throat> um i guess um and I, like i said a lot of it i didn't really realize until after the fact so you know when everything started to sort of slow down and you know you're not all you're not at the you're not the hottest one at the time you know once it all slows down and then once it was sort of it was sort of gone which was choice by choice, by the way. Like 
we actually decided to stop like yeah 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 see so so we had a five album deal i think we were like locked i don't know how many we were locked into like three or four or something but after the second album we sort of said that's enough one of the boys wanted to um, um pursue his own thing musically and um then i decided to do my own thing musically um and that's a whole nother story but um it's not until yes yeah, not until after that that you have that you realize wow that was a pretty amazing time and and it's probably not until yeah like later on until you actually you know like you said with, with power when certain things that i've learned from the past or experiences i've had from the past that helped me with now yeah it was it was it was a crazy time bro but um i wouldn't ever change it for nothing what, what was the well, you're a young fella he's a, he's a huge obviously come down and disbanded and all that yeah what, what was the thoughts then were you a little bit sort of You've come back to earth bro was it were you down a little bit nah, or were you okay or? initially i wasn't initially i was like this is sweet actually I, ne- I never really um got down about it at all because i i felt like we had had our time even though it was only short i, I kind of felt like there was only so far we were going to go and already things were changing like musically things were changing and you know because we come out at the end of that new jack swing era and the sounds sounds were changing and you know how the industry goes man it's it's very quick Cycle, to change and yeah. cycles and there's a new one coming so i sort of thought that's probably as far as we're going to go. And it was awesome. I loved it. So then I focused on doing my own thing. Um, and um, so that was my, my sole, my sole um, focus at the time. Uh, so I started working with a producer and uh, a, f- a few different people, actually. Actually, did a, uh, started working on a demo with the Rock Melons. Remember the Rock Melons? Um, I did a track with them and then a couple other producers I was with. But by now, you know, that, that all I knew was, was music now. Yep. And, yeah, so, so that's your sole focus. Yeah. That's, that's where you're off to. That's where I was off to. So um, started working on that, started working on my own album and, you know, was talking to a label and and it just sort of, it didn't happen. And then, um, yeah, and then I had to, you know, had to get a job then because money starts running out. And so, yeah, then I had to start, I had to start working after like a couple of years, you know, and then um, that was when you start thinking, yeah. Oh shit, man! Only a year ago, yeah. I was doing this. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm touring Asia last yeah. week, right? <laughs> and now I gotta get up at six to go to work. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then that—that's—that's that's what I did, bro. Went to work. Went to work. Yeah, yeah. I didn't stop music. Yeah. Um, I always kept, always been doing something musically on the download, like either writing or working with friends, or but after a while I sort of didn't have too many goals anymore as far as because then life gets in the way mm. when I say gets in the way it's just that you know your immediate um, things are become your focus mm. they come be, they become important you know I had a child and um, so things started sort of changing and my music sort of fell but it never stopped it never ever stopped and um, yeah <laughs> yeah bro so so that was it for a while so now life gets in the way, or probably a better way to put it is the realities of life happen. What is, what's the path from here? What does what, what someone like this that's been at the highest of the high, now they're working a nine to five, what's the thought process behind that? Do they keep pursuing this dream, chasing this rainbow, or what, what happens? Quite a few years later, um, I wanted the, the fire was burning again as far as to create, you know? Um, in that time, I was doing like the odd cover band and and things like that, but um, that never has never really interested me. It was just sort of to make money, yep. you know. But creation was where it was at for me. So um, 
yeah, so once I, you know, got the fire again, I mean, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I did, I was in a covers band down in Sydney for a while, and then I moved back to Brisbane, and I just jump around and do different gigs every now and again. Was it? Because we've done it. We, we had a band, and then we also had to do the cover music for a while, bro, just to sort of make. Yeah, we 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 we've been in there, bro. Yeah. Did it? Was it sort of hurting you inside, bro, having to do it, or were you just like, yeah, this is cool being back out here? Was no. it like, was that desire like, I don't want to be singing this? That's why I stopped. This song, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It became just about a dollar, earning just a dollar, dollar yeah. and um, you know, uh, I didn't. I just I enjoyed it only for a little while when it was sort of new again. It was like. But then after a while, it's just like, and that's just me, man. Uh, it becomes a job, just yep. a job, just a job. Yep. And um, yeah, for some reason, for me, I, I'd actually, you know, I'd rather do something else than sing a lot of songs for half a night that aren't my songs. Yeah. You know, yep. and that's nothing against anyone that does do that. Because that's grinding, eh, bro? That's you out there hustling, bro, and that's yeah. good. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I heard you, bro. Yeah. But for me, the... The, crea- the the joy of music for me has always been in the creation yep. you know yeah me and bro I went to um, Waikato Uni back in the jeez when was it early 2000s I think and um, Catch Fire were playing at our local thing but they were just it was just a, like a goal point entry at that time so we would go down and watch because some of the boys knew some of the boys as you do bro and um, they were mean they were mean but uh, and then the sort of um, reggae vibe started in New Zealand obviously you got the herbs and all that way yeah. back then eh? yeah. so I'm not saying catch a fire with the originals but there was a sort of new wave of sort yeah, of more funkier type of um, upbeat type of reggae started to come in yeah. did you you were living here at the time and all that was happening did you were yeah. you catching wind of that were you yeah. uh, were you um, when, uh, reggae and then back then or well I've <laughs> always been about I've, see reggae's probably always been my number one like always like even back in culture days like the first song I ever wrote for culture was Soul Feeling which was a reggae yeah, reggae check. So, I've always been always been about reggae. Um, but when um, Catch a Fire, well, speaking of Catch a Fire, yeah, I reckon Catch a Fire was the one who who started the flame again. Nurtured that. Yeah, I, I believe so too, bro. Yeah. I believe so too. Yep. Um, I remember um, my brother-in-law actually brought the single over. I think it was um, Who You With? Yep. Yep. And uh, I was like, whoa. And had Giddy Up on it as well, but I hadn't heard Giddy Up yet. And I was like, okay, this is cool. This is, um, yeah, this is something different. That's, yep. Yeah, and sort of, it's, I mean, they've, they've been the leaders of it, I, I believe. Yeah. And still, still are. So you got the new burn from around about that time, bro, when they sort of started releasing, you got that, oh, does, nah. there's that sound that I've been wanting to do for ages is starting to come out again? Or? Nah, to, to be honest, it was before that. Um, I really started engrossing myself in reggae um, a couple of years before I moved back to Brisbane, which was in 2002. So around, well, between 98 and 2000, 2001, I really started engrossing myself in reggae. I really started to um, fall hard for it. Started you know? to grow out the hair? Yeah. No, no, not yet. <laughs> no, not yet. Still got the high top favourite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was still fresh, brother. <laughs> no, 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 not yet. But I started to really delve into it a lot, you know. Um, and not just what everyone knows, you know. Not just um, Bob Marley. And I, I really started to like... And with, with with the internet as well, you're able to, yeah, yeah. you know. So I started to really download a lot of um, roots reggae and old school reggae. And um, just really started falling in love with it. Yeah. Hardcore. So by the time Catch a Fire did come out, like I was already like 
you know, in love, yeah. you know, with reggae music. But then they brought that New Zealand vibe yeah. with it, and they brought yeah. that soul with it, you know, and it's like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. Was that a, is this when Power was born, bro? Around about here? Nah, it was actually maybe a few years later. Uh, it wasn't until, I'll tell you how Power, how Power started, bro, was, for for at least a couple of years, I was thinking I want to start a I want to I want to start a band, another covers band I want to create again. You know, I want to keep writing. I start writing again. So, not really knowing anyone, I was just working. So, not really knowing anyone in the, in any any well, there was no scene as far as I knew in Brisbane. Um, I used to look through the the local music mags, you know, music paper, yeah, yep. those weekly ones, you know, mm. and they had the classifieds. Yep. You know, this is while I was at work on my lunch break or something, and um, I saw rhythm, uh, rhythm, reggae rhythm section looking for guitarist. I was like, okay, well I'm not a guitarist, but you know I'm a singer, so I'll just give him a call just in case. So I gave him a call. I said, oh, you know I'm not a guitarist, but if you're interested, if you need a vocalist, da da da, you know, um, give me a call or whatever. And he ended up he was Maori as well. I didn't know that at the time. So he said, okay, well, we'll keep, we'll keep it in mind. I was like, sweet, and then didn't think much about it. About three months later, he rang me and said, oh, I'm going to send you a mini disc. That's how long back. Oh, mini disc, <laughs> yeah. So this was about 2008, bro. 2007, 2008. And he, um, he said, I'll send you a mini disc uh, we've been working on, just instrumentals that we've been working on, three of them. I said, okay, cool. So about a week later, I got that, chucked it on, and... Um, yeah just started jamming over the top of these these um grooves yeah and then we met about maybe a month later up in uh tweed heads up in the bu- up in the hood in the bush somewhere can't remember where it was um yeah and that was the first day power jam it was me bass player guitarist and there was a percussionist there at the time that was the, the where it started but the band hadn't been named at the stage no, it, was just, it just, wasn't just, a band yet it was yeah, just a bunch just of guys. Two guys getting together having yeah a jam. yeah <clears throat> who who were they, bro? Are they still? Are they these still? With? Nah, no, I'm the only one. Now. You're the you're the only member left from the founding. Yep, yep. So we had a a, ba- a bass player. Um, so he was from Gisborne, and a Australian drummer and an Australian guy on the guitar. But they were cool, man. Like just real cool vibe, you know, real chilled. And, and then we just started jamming. The guitarist left, and um, we'd even rehearse at my house in the garage. Well, not rehearse really. It was just jam. Because um, there was no pressure, no nothing. We weren't planning for anything. It was just to create, you know. Um, and it just sort of slowly evolved, you know. Like a few more, another person became involved, and I met someone along the way, and he was a guitarist, and he came in for a jam, and we had a few of those different people come in, and yeah, and it just sort of unfolded from that, and yeah, it was just started writing and creating. So you were writing the music yourself, or used as a sort of collection? It was a very a collective. Yeah. Um, initially, it was, it was a very much a collective thing. Once I found my feet, first it was just like getting used to each other, you know, who, who's good at what, who does what, but all all creative, all very talented. Um, yeah, and then I started writing, you know, writing my lyrics and yeah. melodies, and but initially, yeah, it was definitely a, a group a group thing. We're all like throwing ideas in. And were you living? Were we up in Brisbane at the time? Living up there? And I was, I was, I was here. Oh, back I was down the Yeah. And yeah. so. They obviously all moved on, bro, and you just carried on the carried on the fire. Yep. Well, um, like I said, we had different people coming. So, you know, we had um, a, key, a guitarist coming, and then he stuck around. We had a few coming, but one coming, and he stuck around. And then we we got a keyboard player in, 
which totally was like wow because we hadn't had any keyboard just me mucking around but I'm not the best keyboard player um, yeah and then our drummer moved to Germany now we hadn't done a show yet but I think we, did, we had done one show and he moved to Germany then we got another audition and got another drummer and he's from Mangere in Auckland and um, yeah just kept it going bro and by now the goal became let's just release let's release something you know well he's already working on some original he's had a couple of from the start we're working on originals yeah Yeah. correct me if I'm wrong bro coming home yeah probably right up there with one of your you know that's quite pretty well known that that track bro you you, you hear that playing at almost every other party yeah was that was that your first release bro or did you have did you have something a lot before that nah there was the well we released the album so first thing we released officially was a full album so we didn't have a single or anything like that um and um actually coming home we released on a promo disc that we just burnt up a whole whole heap of cds with that and a song called sticks and stones on it and then we just handed out whenever we were doing the show or, and stuff, yeah. yeah and uh and then but but we we had been working on a full album and then put the whole full album at out, the but, stage bro were you um we was doing all like, like the local waitangi days and all that we used, we used jamming all those sort of waitangi day a little bit yeah a little bit we were doing uh i think we did a we did a gizzy day oh yeah did a gizzy day and um we didn't we had hadn't done that many shows to be honest we've done a, 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 a maybe not many bro maybe six or seven shows were people taking to were you just were you throwing in some covers amongst the originals nah just straight originals straight originals did you see the crowd sort of take into it a little bit, bro? Or yeah. It, you know, you get, we've had some shows where we, we play and people are just staring at us like, oh, this is a tough show, bro. Yeah. Oh, you get those. you get those shows. Oh, up, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the way I look at it is you just, you, 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 someone someone might like it. Yeah. You know, so. And you're up there doing what you love, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, so you just, you yep. just go with it. Yeah. yeah never, never really, did, even at the beginning, we never really did many covers. I don't think we did any. We did like maybe one, one or two. And that was it. We just do our own songs, and that but was the it. popularity of coming home. What what happened? Is that what really shocked yeah. you? Yeah, coming home was the one that that set that, us off. That went massive, eh, bro? Yeah, that went that went. But that sort of took us up by surprise, to be honest. Like, like we um, like we had that promo disc, and we sent it to one of the one a DJ in um, Ngaruahi, of all places. Yeah, and um. And and Pango was a massive supporter of of, yeah. of local music, you know. Yeah. So he 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 was the first one to play it on his show, and like he played it like instantly, like as soon as he got it, and um, it just sort of spread from there. Yeah. And uh, to this day, it's it's our it's our biggest song. And we were you mixing and mastering all your stuff, bro. We were recording it Brisbane, in Brisbane. So it's all professionally done. You're paying out of your own money. So you- yep. Yep, yep. But we had a we had actually got a great deal uh, when we did that first album. It was a place called Wavelength Studios, and um, the guy who owned it was a big fan of the band. Um, we did our first demo there, okay. And uh, he was a big fan of the band, so um, he gave us this amazing deal to record yeah. there, because the album took like four four months over over the time. Oh, yeah. You know, we basically <coughs> record the, all the beds first, and then went in and produced it. You know, I, I did most of it with. Joe was his name and um, yeah so we funded it ourselves just out of the shows that we'd done and uh, yeah just went with it yeah mean bro 
I just want to jump back to culture. Yeah. I won't jump too far back, but I just want to try and find a connection there. The internet, bro, you've, you've been through periods of none to periods of everything, internet. Yeah. How, how have you found the difference in oh. in musicianness and, and distribution? Like, to be honest, bro, the internet, as well as you can distribute your music like that, it's also flooded with everyone and anyone. Yeah. How, how have you found the difference between the two, bro? Has oh. one of them been easier than the other? It's both. Yeah, it's like, <clears throat> well, it's easier, of course, because yep. you can put it out. We could do something now and put it out, and yep. yeah, yeah, okay, done. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that going. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing we could, and, and if it catches fire, it catches fire. Yeah, all yeah. of a sudden, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. back in the day, like I said, bro, we were blessed that we had record company. We were signed to a label. Man, there were lots of talented people around, like so many talented people around, and um, but we were blessed that. You know, timing was a big thing for us, mm. but we had record company money, so you know we we were flown everywhere. You know we were able to get on TV. We were able to do all this. Da, 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 da. You you couldn't like you had to have that in order to get mm. as far as we got. You don't need that anymore. Like you can, like I said, you can go if you make a hit, man. It can it can take off. What do but, you prefer, bro? Do you prefer having someone to do the work and you just? do the shows or do you like this new age of you got to put in a bit more money obviously yeah, yeah, but yeah. you can do it yourself well, do you have a preference um, doing it yourself it's you're in charge you know you you, you do whatever you want so uh, to me that's a, that's a big thing um, I wouldn't want to be told what I can release and what I can't release and but again there's the benefits of having the, the push behind you mm. so you're going to get to a lot more ears and a lot more people <clears throat> Um, but I just I, I just think that I, being independent you make the calls you know you you it's up to you what you release you don't have to clear it with anybody um, not saying I wouldn't consider yeah. anything that came you, about are, are you signed or no, we're unsigned uns, we've been independent from that and way. You, you prefer to keep it that way I, think I suppose so. if the right deal yeah it would depend on. you know I, I would consider anything <clears throat> yeah. but um, yeah it's it goes to me it's like it's 50 50 on the one hand you're able to do whatever you want whenever you want and you know you can be heard but on the other hand yeah you, like you said there's like so much so of it's more. flooded yep. that sometimes you've really got to search through it to get to the quality stuff but i'm saying that you know exactly the record company didn't just because you're signed didn't necessarily mean you're better than someone else yep. it's just that you know they, they obviously think you're better or they can make money from you yep. there might have been someone else that was better than you but they're not going to get heard because they don't have their record company yeah, pushed yeah. behind them so that's why it was a blessing for us because you know I know even back then there was thousands of people that would have loved to be doing what we were doing like all our bros you know yeah, yeah. but we were in that position so I never ever take you know looking back was like I'm glad we never took that for granted like we worked hard um, but one thing I will say is that yeah the, the fact of the matter is is that it didn't just happen like it, it didn't just all just like you know um it wasn't all put in front of us and go here you go it wasn't handed to us we had to work for it so for all those out there listening bro what what's the process for you personally setting goals do you write it down do you just think about it do you do you have a little arrow system that tells you where you want to get to what's what's your what's your sort of little measurements uh to, to be honest um yeah i, I don't really, i have had i have had those Visual whiteboard boards and all that moments sort of yes yeah. And I probably will still have them. Um, but I think at the moment, it's just like I sort of have my 
my eyes set on where, where I want to go. Um, and it's now just making, um, putting the, getting the wheels in motion to make that happen. So I can just, visual, I'm sort of visualizing it, I guess I, I would say, to where I want to go. I mean, I've achieved a, a lot of what I would like to, like back before I started with the reggae band with power, it was sort of like, no, there was no um, goals, nothing. It was just, let's get in the garage and, mm. you know, have a drink and, and have, make some music, yeah. you know? Um, but once it started unfolding, then it was like, okay, well, let's work on the album. Okay, we've got an album now. What what next? Okay, well, let's do a video. So then we did a video. And I think the one thing with Power, though, is that our, <laughs> our music sort of beat us to it. Like, we weren't ready for it. Mm. So when our music started taking off, we sort of were like, because we're doing it all on our own, we had no plan. So it was just sort of just happened. And, and next minute, we're getting people asking us to go here and asking us to go there. And we're like, well, how do we get there? And all of these sorts of things. Constantly. So, you know hopefully we're at a point now where um you know we've done quite a bit we've achieved quite a bit as far as uh without with our music and the people hearing it so i'd like more people to hear it yeah all these because you go back to new zealand almost every year now but mm. have you just got a contact there now that just rings you up every sort of coming into the summer season and are you are you, uh, are you still playing coming home are you still playing the old stuff oh, of course yeah of course coming home all the time i don't think i'll ever not play coming home yeah, yeah i don't mind i love it um, no, we just you know, yeah. Sometimes we'll get a, you know we'll get approach from from people who want to bring us over or, and the same here, you know. But we probably play back home more than we play here, yeah. which is crazy because we live here. Yeah. But um, you know, or we'll just let someone know, you know, let a venue know that we're coming or, you know, and and if we can organise something or, yeah, it's that's pretty much the way it works. Or either we we make contact or someone makes contact with us. You'd never be short of musos, eh, bro? You'd probably lose a keyboard here, but yeah. there's always someone to come and... Well, a keyboard player just left, actually. Oh, okay. He's moved to... Um, oh, well, speaking of which, bro, I'm pretty handy. <laughs> I wish I was, bro. Well, we I can was... talk, bro. Yeah, we, can, well, we, we are looking. Bro, definitely. We are looking. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, we we have had auditions before if someone's left. Like, we've had a few keyboard players. And, and it's just the way it goes. You know, people have families and they have life. And, and it's easy enough just to slide in that sort of extra player and just bring them up to speed. If they're good enough, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's, it can be a mission, yeah. You know, but you know, it's it's reggae man. As long you know, as long as it yeah. you got a the good feel, there, right, and then yeah. you can. But you can learn what yeah. you know, learn the technical side of it as well. But mainly, it's about the feel. If you got a good feel, you already got a head start. I mean, bro. Yeah. I just thanks for that, bro. I just for no, awesome. for the young jays out there, all your nephews, nieces, probably any youngsters that are listening. Have you got any final advice, bro? Oh wow. The main thing for me is, I reckon, uh, the first thing is, is belief in yourself, is to believe in yourself. Uh, there are a lot of times when, you know, even to this day I doubt, you know, I doubt things. Um, but just push through that and just believe in yourself. Um, and uh, just, yeah, just don't be afraid. And um, yeah, don't let anything get in your way. If, if you really want to do something, I mean, I speak on the music front of course but in anything it's just don't let anything get in your way you know I mean respectfully and humbly yeah. but man don't let anyone tell you no yeah. if you if that's what you want to do you know because you only get one life so I reckon make the most of it and don't look back and go ah what if you know what I mean yeah. may as well have a crack what's the worst that could happen 
that doesn't work, but hey, 